0: All right. Hi, I'm Jack Cush with a room now. I'm here with two great friends, Dr. Catherine Dow in Dallas, Dr. Rachel Tate in West Palm Beach. I'm in Dallas. We're here to discuss the virtual meeting experience. Good evening, ladies.
1: Hi, Jack. Hi,
0: Jack. Okay, so I want to do a little prelude. I know you uh, may know this, but I think before we go into our review of what was ULAR 2020, we should be clear on a few things. Number one, this was not a planned meeting. This was not a planned virtual meeting that eight weeks before ULAR is going to drop, they find out we can't do the meeting. So for ULAR to have put together this meeting is actually unbelievable. And for that, they get four gold stars. I think we're gonna rave about them a little bit here. We're gonna rag on them a little bit here, but not, I don't wanna be a pick on ULAR thing. I think we just have to talk about the realities of what makes virtual learning better. And so I think that we wanna start out by saying kudos to ULAR and what they did. Um, do you both feel that same way or what do you think?
2: Rachel, you wanna start? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was a Herculean effort to put all of this together for people from around the world Um, And I I really applaud the effort. It was amazing to be able to access something that I wouldn't have naturally been able to go to. So yeah, I mean, it was a great effort and um, it was good to see everybody. I I hear that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also thought that the content was really good. I was shocked because, you know, how sometimes people can run meetings and um, the content on virtual online stuff, it could be, Really boring, not very engaging. But the fact that they were able to pull in like really good speakers, they were able to um, get abstracts and and presenters who were engaging, and the media format really did work.
0: And that's hard to pull together, as we you know, as you know, we do the um, media and streaming for Room Now Live for the last two years, and that's hard to get done. But with a lot of planning, you can get a lot done. They obviously did their homework. We're going to, in this segment, talk about three different approaches to this issue of virtual learning. One, what do you think was great about ULR22, 2020? Number two, what do you think were the weaknesses that we'd like to see improved upon? And lastly, what's your recommendations on future learning and for the ACR and other meetings as they plan for a virtual experience? So let's start with, uh, and we'll just sort of go around the horn. Let's give us one at a time. Catherine, what do you think was great about the meeting?
1: I love the fact that I could just roll out of bed (laughs) and not even have to put on makeup or do anything and just you know plug in put on my headphones kids could be like still asleep especially with the time zone difference I I mean the negative here is yes I'm exhausted because I did set my alarm clock to the wee hours of the early morning Um, but in terms of um, what I found very effective is the fact that if a speaker you know, if it's a pre pre-record session, I could put it on pause. Like if I didn't get something, I could rewind it a little bit. I could also Google something. I could take a screenshot of it and post it. So, I mean, I could manipulate the media in so many different ways. So I thought that that was, you know, probably one of the best features of it. Um, it's, it's a matter of also multitasking because even though I was covering reporting for Room Now this ULAR meeting, I was still seeing patients, Jack. No guilt there
0: no i know it's it's not easy to do and i tried it and i didn't do very well at it uh and i had to block some of my time so i could do the ular but um that's interesting that you try to do that much but it helped to get up so early and have at least that protected block rachel what's your uh take on what was great
2: i mean obviously i echo cat's sentiments i think um it it made it easier for me to be able to balance a little bit better Um, Being on the East Coast with patient care, which I'd already had planned, and then working for room now, but also attending sessions. For me, I think the best part was that I have been on bed rest. So I would not have been able to attend this conference. And so having the option to attend for me was by far the greatest gift. Um, Obviously, this is an educational panel for us, and that's something we've talked about for years together um, as a threesome and beyond. And so to be able to attend a conference that I would not have been able to attend um, because of a pregnancy and complications, this was a big deal to me. Um, and so I wanted to be able to share the fact that we can learn remotely and still take a lot of good content away. That that was the, by far the biggest deal
0: for me. It's a very um, level playing field. I mean. Uh, I think the experience is different for everyone but what it's a uh, remote um, streaming experience like this was it kind of is the same for everybody and like you say whether it's a mobility issue a a health issue whether it's a time issue you know this sort of solves all problems by doing it virtually pretty interesting I thought that the versatility part was great meaning that I I saw this very funny tweet someone had the program up and said um, maybe it was you, Rachel, I don't know, but someone said, it's no longer a problem to choose between Hall A and Hall B that are three miles apart. I can do both of them whenever I want by just a click and a wait and just, you know, so that versatility allowed you to cover a lot more ground, allowed you to um, really get to everything that you wanted. You didn't have to compromise which one's going to be better and who knows before you go if it's going to be worth uh, better or not. So I think that versatility, the ease in which you could choose what you want to watch, was certainly a real strength. Any other strengths, Kat?
1: So I really um, enjoyed the fact that you're able to ask your questions of the speakers in the live sessions. I mean, it's a plus and minus because, you know, the minus is if it was a pre-recorded presentation, there's no way you can access the speaker, but. You know, like if you were to type in, I mean, it's not like a bunch of people at once. You can actually read the questions and then listen to the answers, too. So I did really enjoy that. Um, I mean, I
0: think, I think. But before you do that, the, the Q&A failed in many sessions. And I think it was it your experience that you had to be in the live session to actually see the Q&A actually at work. Yes. Or, yeah. so that was really the issue. And so... And, but there are a lot of other sessions that were, you're looking at the recording and there was no Q&A even included in the recording. So that might have been a fault of some of the, how it was posted after the fact. So interesting that you had to be in the live session to get part, to be a part of that Q&A.
1: Right. Yeah, it's because they have to, I mean, they only have the professors there for a certain period of time. So obviously, you know. Um, they would need to be able to only uh, access the q and at that time. So, I mean, in terms of what I think is going to happen is that they have to incorporate the teleconferences with the live sessions. And how they're going to do that with the ACR is going to be interesting. And whether or not ACR is going to be held live, I, I just think that, you know. Um,
0: what do you mean incorporate teleconferences with live sessions?
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, you can't attend everything, right? Just like what Rachel was saying Hall A Hall B and being able to attend both so with ACR there are times when you know some of the live presentations um, can conflict and then there are times when there you got a huge gap that you're not sure what to do with with your time in the poster hall you just don't want to walk around you're tired so if we can just pull up one of the pre-recorded presentations like after they had already presented and watch it during that time I think that that's great I mm-hmm i think that's good, would be effective i mean you've ran room now as a virtual you know half virtual half live conference i think that's probably one of the most innovative ideas i've i've mm-hmm. seen i mean what do you think that you lar did differently um, from your room now conference and how would you incorporate that in room now
0: well it's it was a different. first off ours was planned as a live streaming event that could also be recorded and viewed um, on demand later. Um, Ours was planned to meet the needs of the learner. We actually did uh, all of our presentations so that our presentation of them was learner focused. Uh, I think one of the challenges that you are to deal with and and could not have dealt with actually in, in an efficient way or great way in the short time frame they had was they were so um, locked into getting the logistics down, and getting different kinds of speakers and presenters, you know, up to snuff. And many people most people are not electronically adept, and and so that the idea, all the focus was on, you know, trying to coach the speakers to get it done right. But in the end, what they might have missed was presentations that were learner focused, right? That the and how they deliver things. When that, when you do that, I think then you will have gone that the next step in virtual learning. And that's, I, I can't say that Room Now has always done that, always right or well, but that has certainly been our focus in our planning, the two meetings that we've done. Um, Rachel, any other positives on your list?
2: Well, I was just gonna say, not everybody is you in the sense that Um, And I mean that in a good way, (laughs) but because this, the focus has had to shift. I think that's the difference. Obviously you attend any conference and you recognize that there's um, a distinction between being a panelist, being a speaker, and then obviously being part of the community who comes to listen to that. And there's always, you have to break that fourth wall, no matter what position you're in. Um, and I do think that the Q and A's worked relatively well, um, during the live sessions, but if I had a patient and I saw a session after the fact or a poster, um, I wasn't able to interact and engage with it the same way we would if we had the exhibitor, um, like the hall, the poster hall, you know, and I, I do think that's, um, it was a positive that they tried to include it. But for me, it's also kind of shaded by the fact that we have had such great experiences um, with, as you've done, Jack, with Room Now Live, and then also what we try to do um, presenting at other um, conferences. But to me, I really, I think the connectivity of trying to do something with, again, a Herculean effort, it was an amazing option. And I'm so glad they did it. I think we have a lot to learn, all of us but I am very pleased with how it turned out because I was a little nervous um, upfront. I think we all were, you know, how is this gonna work? Um, and I really applaud them specifically because they also, you know, the benefit of bringing everyone together is that you're all on the same time zone. So some of the pre-recorded, um, really, really interesting um, speaker topics were just, there was no way to do a Q and A because they're 12 hours in ad- advance. You know, I think, and, and and there's a hard line with that too, because not everybody could travel. So I just, I really applaud them. That's my takeaway from that.
0: So I want to say that the one real plus that I, I, I'll give them is the, the poster experience. Um, that the idea that you could click on e-posters and then see this um, cavalcade of poster sessions and you could, March through them and then in each session march through the abstracts, just as, as if you were going down the aisle saying no, no, no. Oh, I'm interested in that one. And you can go in and you can look at it. So I thought the posters uh, the way they were laid out the way they were presented was was effective. I think the problem was that often the posters. If you really wanted to view the posters. Well, and a lot of the presentations. Well, you needed to have the UR abstract page open and then the poster page open so you could read better here or look at something better here because sometimes the the e-posters or the presentations you had that magnifier which was goofy and you had to go to a full page screenshot to see something and that was a little difficult and then I thought that it would have been great if all the posters and all the presentations had audio clips that were not limited to 12 seconds but in fact would be substantive presentations by the authors language problems or not that would have certainly helped so let's get into some of the pitfalls of this I want to um, start with there are actually two surveys uh, one done by Olga Petrina one done by Janet Pope where they both asked what would you what do you think of ULR and you know how would you like to do this and they were both pretty consistent um, one said 65 uh, percent two thirds said I really want the live meeting. And in that one, there was 25% who said, I loved it. I loved it. And then the second uh, um, survey, and these surveys were 30, 40 answers, but they were quick Twitter polls um, and whatnot. Uh, The second survey said the same thing. 21% said I loved it. And 79% said I wish I was in Germany at the live meeting. So the idea is that, number one, there's a clear cut 20, 25% of people who really love this kind of meeting. And that, but that most of us crave the social interaction, the, you know, um, the Bavarian beer or whatever we were going to get by being in Frankfurt. So what would be, um, you know, the the downside for for you, Rachel? Let's start with, uh, what did you think?
2: Well, I'll tell you, I, I struggled with some connectivity issues in the beginning. Um, I, and I know I'm not alone because we did a poll on that as well. Um, For me, that was just part of the game, right? You know, it's just like when you travel to expect delays, same kind of thing when you're talking about um, with with ULAR 2020 for me, for the e-Congress. You guys know me best. I am a, I'm way better in person and I do not love virtual hugs. I much prefer a real hug. So um, aside from connectivity issues, I would say I really miss that interaction. Um, I miss seeing people, and that for me, you know, I I love the exhibitor shakedown that we do at ACR every year, and I think that I miss that. You know, I miss being able to be a part of something that feels like you're bigger because you're with a lot of people and you have the opportunity to to interact. Kat, what do you think? I
1: agree with Rachel. I mean, part of the learning experience is actually when you get to talk to your colleagues, you kind of rehash like what the studies, you know, are saying and do you agree with do you not agree with it, you know, it's, it's that socialization, but yet also academia mm-hmm. um, interface that that I do miss. Um, and, you know, the other thing is normally when I'm at a meeting, I usually get in like 15 to 20,000 steps a day. So, I had to shut ULAR down for a while and go get my own steps in. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> But, um, I
1: mean, if you were to talk about, you know, I, there are limitations obviously with virtual learning, but for the most part I would say that if there are things that I could do better or things that I wish would happen just like what you mentioned about the abstract. I mean, they could have done a poster tour, have one of their key opinion leaders, I mean, pre-record and take you from step to step of each different posters, you know, click on Jack Cush; he'll take you through the tour of rheumatoid arthritis and early arthritis, click on, you know, um, Joan Merrill for a tour of lupus. I think that that would be like really exciting in the future if, if that was an option, but I, I really do enjoy the fact that I can click on certain abstracts and those abstracts do have the authors on there presenting their own data and the key points of it. So
0: So, um, what else would you like to have seen or what else was not good enough? Rachel, what about the shakedown?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, as you guys- What
0: What is the farmer shakedown? Is that what you call it?
2: No, I call it the exhibitor. Well, it changes kind of every year, but it's usually the exhibitor shakedown. We try to be, we try to be all inclusive. Jack, you know who right. now? Not
0: just pharma,
2: right? Um, <laughs> not just pharma. Well, um, well, I, you guys know what it is, but I'll just kind of summarize it. It started out as a joke, as a satire in uh, 2016 with ACR, and really, um, it, it looks at it, it takes a, a list of very important key opinion leaders who remain anonymous, who go to each of the different exhibitors or vendors in the exhibitor halls, and um, they rate back on fun items such as who has the best sweet treat or who has the best free takeaway, but really the goal, the strategy behind it has nothing to do with the sweet treat or the takeaway. It has everything to do with taking the kind of um, really large exhibitor hall and breaking it down so that people who would not normally go to the Exhibitor Hall would would find it as an educational experience, would be more open to the experience, and would interact with each other in different ways that we're not used to, whether that be with a medical science liaison, if you're a fellow, or, um, you know, uh, being able to walk up to Jack Cush and say, hey, Dr. Cush, I just saw you do this wonderful, um, you know, this, this great topic and I have a question about it, it kind of demystifies the experience. And so not being able to be part of um, you know, a live meeting, you don't, we don't get that, right? And so it's just another option for access for an, from an educational experience. Um, obviously it's very serious, I take it very seriously. Um, but it's also something that I missed this year. And even David Liu called us out on it um he said you know we can't have it on ice forever we're gonna have to bring it back but he's right and and it just goes to show you what you're missing when you're not at a live um a live meeting but you know we'll find a way
0: so there are a lot of people who would be happy with not having to um go to the exhibitor floor or uh or or be with exhibitors there are many people who are not happy about that i mean um you know, Catherine, there was no wellness, you know, go over and play with the dogs and, or do yoga or whatever. So should, if you're gonna have a virtual meeting, should you have an exhibitor experience? And what would that look like?
1: It's probably gonna be like sponsored by, you know, in the corner of your computer, click here for a free sample and a drug rep will come and call you. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it there, there are some plus and minuses about not having a lot of ads inundated through the meeting. Um, and, you know, I get it that, you know, a lot of industry does support the meeting and that, you know, they're so important in developing the drugs that we use for our patients. And so, um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I have fun at the exhibitor hall because you just kind of are able to relax and just meet up with some friends. I mean, that's what I think. And I think that virtually there could be a similar experience. Do you know, like one of the best things about Room Now Live, Jack, I don't think I ever told you this, is the fact that there's a sidebar where people can actually comment real time. Like this is real time, like whoever's on at that time. There was somebody from India on there. There was somebody from Pakistan. Somebody was from Brazil and obviously me and Dallas. Um, but it was the interaction and the interplay as we're watching a presentation or as we're listening, we're typing back and forth like, oh my God, this is awesome. Hey, did you see his cat walk behind his screen? You know, so it's those kind of interactions that that the live meetings that we want but I think you can simulate in a virtual flat platform
0: yeah that cross chat ability makes it very human because that's kind of what you would do if you were in a room with a bunch of people I'd be leaning over to Rachel and said I don't really believe this do you what's what you know and so you, or you'd have that kind of conversation um what about any comments about navigating the meeting was it easy was it difficult um Kat what did you think
1: Initially, it's trial by error because I didn't realize you're supposed to click view session in a live session, and I kept clicking on the session itself, and it's like meeting not available yet. And I'm like, but it's, it's time. What do you mean it's not available? And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, it's this link. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's and there were no instructions. I wish there was like a quick 10-page tip on how, how to navigate EULAR. Yeah.
2: Totally agree. I I kept. I mean, I think for the first day, I thought, "Wow, somebody gave me a doctorate," but I cannot figure out how to how to flip in between what this page needs. But once I got the hang of it, I think it was a little bit easier. But for me, it just wasn't quite on point um, up front. But it did it did supply me with the information I needed. I was just I felt like I was a day behind by the time I figured it out.
0: Right. Right.
2: Did you notice that you can log in
1: multiple times and have like multiple different screens?
0: That's yes. why it yeah. helps to have multiple monitors going. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, that was both good and a little crazy when someone comes and sees, what are you doing? It's sort of like, you know, you've got t- maybe too much going on there, but, but let's end up with um, advice for the people who are going to make future meetings because virtual meetings may very well be a big part of our future going forward how can we um what can we impart to make them better um knowing that we need if we're going to do this uh, and have more people love them we need special meetings to deal with these special times what would be your advice um i I have something but rachel do you have something you want to suggest
2: well kat already hit on it but she's one of my mentors so it would make sense um i love the sidebar option I think if you're going to have a virtual meeting where you're allowing for interaction, um, obviously a Q&A session, it, if you can do it and you can figure out how to um, even score people's questions up based on if it's your question too.
0: Yeah, upvoting and downvoting to call that. Exactly,
2: yeah. upvoting and downvoting for importance of questions I think is really important and something that we do with Room Now Live. But I love the sidebar. If you have the opportunity to engage in a slightly different way, especially with your peers that are all across the globe, right, who are just commenting on something that they found important or that they didn't know or the cat in the background, um, I think that's really important and it kind of, it doesn't bridge the gap fully for what you're missing with the human interaction aspect of it, but it really does humanize a virtual experience so you don't get Um, I like to call it zoom gloom where at the end of the day, I'm not like this because I need that. I I have always been that way. Um, It's important. Obviously, I would love to do a wellness center, but since ACR just rolled out the dogs last year, I don't know how to incorporate that just yet other than by petting my own dog. (laughs) But I think to make it a human aspect, um, it's it can be achieved, it just takes some foresight to do it. That's my number one takeaway about what we can do for virtual meetings for the future.
0: Kat, what's your suggestions?
2: I don't think virtual massages
1: really work, you know? (laughs) I don't know if that's gonna be working, (laughs) nor is that relaxing. Yeah, so one of the things that I also had a difficult time with is that I couldn't understand some people's accent, and if they could have closed captioning on the bottom, um, I would like that. The other thing that would also would be good is, you know, like, and I always wanted ACR to do this. I threw this um, comment out a few years ago, but nobody took the bait in terms of my suggestion, but I would love to have, like, a running kind of like ticker at the very bottom that tells me what the most recent news are for like that's going on and you know so um but in terms of poster meetings like I said you can have a poster meeting virtual tour you can also have like uh, meet the professor zoom room so those are the things that I would do
0: well so one you're asking for Model your presentations after CNN or ESPN. Have a bottom third news ticker or in room, you know, whatever. In session, uh, Dr. Emery is talking about the latest in ultrasound and MRI or whatever you want. Uh, and then I think you, I like your idea that, but i was going to go there too, and that is you need to design the meeting to engage different types of learners we all learn differently. You know, the way ULAR was set up, it was really set up for one type of learner, and that is the researcher, the hunter, the person who's willing to sit in front of that screen, maybe have five screens open, and find that data. That's how Catherine works. I mean, she's really good at that, and she likes to have that. Me, I'm, I'm a little too ADD, and I need distractions like ooh, squirrel, and, uh, and I'll go and learn that, and I'll come back to the, the you know, this abstract on, you know, uh, Arctic re- Rewind and what that means. So you need to have tracks for different kinds of learners. And I think there are the hunter researchers who can basically grind. You know, they don't need anything. They're going to find it on their own and let and make it easy with navigation for them to do that. But then there are the, they're the followers. People who are like, I don't know. This is so too much. You know, they need the poster tours. They need the meet the professors. They need this is the the gout track, here's the gout track, you should look at these top 10 as rated by our poster tour gout experts, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, And I think that maybe what they should do is foster the idea of what, actually both of you as faculty for uh, ACR 2019, we asked you, what did you recommend people do? A lot of you, I think both of you said this, and that is learner groups, get together with five of your friends, you know, go and attack the meeting and then come back and let's have a beer, you know, at Chili's and let's talk about what we saw today and have that interaction so that you can, again, get more of what Kat was talking about earlier. The idea to sit down and say, I don't know, did you really get that thing about, uh you know, FDG PET and why would they do it in, you know, in Bechette's disease, for instance? So I think learner groups would help, but I again, tracks the for different people. And I think that then you'll end up with more people who are less confused and feel more rewarded by the investment of money and time. And that's really what we're talking about. This is a lot of time to sit in front of a computer three and a half days. I mean, that's like your in-laws for three and a half days. Really? You know, my beeper is going up, but you don't have a beeper, Dr. Kush. No, no, I do. I got to go. Goodbye. So, um, Any final comments?
1: I'm looking forward to ACR, so it's gonna be interesting to see how um, ACR is gonna handle this with the pandemic. Are they gonna limit only 25% or 50% of participants to be able to come and only from certain countries or you know what's gonna happen? Um, but I believe that ACR is gonna deliver quality content. Um, I think that you are very innovative, Jack, in conducting Room Now Live the way you did to be able to incorporate the virtual format probably way ahead everybody's thinking and the fact that you just were always one step ahead. So, I mean, kudos to you for that. Um, and really appreciate, you know, ULAR
2: for putting all this together so quickly.
0: Absolutely. Rachel, your final comments?
2: I, mean, I feel the same way. I think, again, ULAR did an astronomical um, improvement on what it could have been or not even having the conference to begin with. So I really, I applaud the effort. Um, I thought it went pretty, pretty smoothly and I thought it was a great opportunity for people who wouldn't have been able to attend um, to make it a little bit easier. I am actually hopeful that ACR is able to do something similar um, partially again, because of my own medical conditions (laughs) recently, so it would be nice to be able to attend. Um, I know that just like you are, there's gonna be quality content and I know it just needs to be in a bite sized um, chunkable form for people. And with those, if we can have a, a few more tracks and some of the ideas that we've talked about tonight to make that learning more accessible to all different learning types, I think it's gonna go well. And I think people will be more um, challenged to attend as opposed to just saying, ah, you know, it's ACR, it's such a big meeting. You know, if you can take it and make it more atta- attainable for people, there's no excuse for us not to attend. And then if you really want to make it something that is special and unique, I do think, you know, Kat's right, you emulate what some of the things and some of the features that ULAR has done, that Room Now Live has done, and you make an amalgamation that works for the whole group for ACR. Um, I just feel really blessed to have this conversation. I think this is a really pertinent conversation. It's an important topic. And it's very timely. So I'm, I'm glad we can talk about it openly. There's nobody else, you guys, there's no one else I'd rather talk about this with. And um, it's just, it's been nice. It's And I miss you and I, I love seeing you. So that's it, that's my thought.
0: Well, it is great to be here with friends, Dr. Stow and Tate. I want to uh, clarify for the audience, we do not know at this point how the ACR is going to have its annual meeting, um, whether it's going to be virtual, whether it's going to be well, my guess it would—it might be both, and uh, I think that. Uh, but I—I I know that they're working hard on how they can deliver the content, which, as Catherine pointed out, there's going to be the, there's going to be a content, there's going to be the content we want to see. So um, uh, we have faith in ECR and coming up with a good program. I think this, this discussion was helpful for us and for others. Good night, everyone. Enjoy your content, huh?